Hey, hello everybody. How you doing? This is Chris. This is episode 125 of the Libertarian Republican podcast. Uh, this episode, I, I want to talk about Ukraine and how I'm really concerned that this is getting out of control. It's getting out of hand. And because we just saw the, the Germans and the Americans, Joe Biden, promising to send tanks to Ukraine. And this is getting to the point where, you know, look, we all know that NATO is at war with Russia, but it's not an open war yet. But we are moving toward that point. And it's, it doesn't take much. You know, it's not going to take a big event to, to it's only going to take a nudge, one little nudge, one, one U.S. soldier killed by a Russian or, uh, in, you know, because there are American soldiers in, Ru in Ukraine right now. Don't think that there aren't. There are special forces there. There are uh, people training. There are American forces training Ukrainian forces. There's, there's American equipment that has to be operated by Americans. And this is getting extremely dangerous. And I think that it's important to think about history and think about, there, there's a great book series called The Hinges of History. Uh, I think it's, his name is Tim Cahill. I've read two of the books. One, of, one is called uh, How the Irish Saved Civilization. And the other is Sailing the Wine Dark Sea, which is about ancient Greece. And it's, it's really interesting to think of, of how moments in history can change the world and change the course of history. And like when uh, Frederick, I think it was Frederick Barbarossa, fell off his horse and drowned in, in the river uh, on his way to the Holy Land on, I think it was the... That might have been the third, second or third crusade. Uh, one of the crusades he was leading, it basically had an army of hundreds of thousands of men. And then he fell off his horse into a river and, and drowned because he was wearing armor. And all of his uh, men just said, okay, well, we don't have a leader now. So they all just sort of disappeared. They, the whole thing just fizzled out. You know, think about the, the, how that changed history. Think about the battle of... Uh, where Sh I think it was Charlemagne or the Charlemagne's son or his father. I can't remember now. The Battle of Tours, I think it was, where, where um, the, the Moors were invading Europe. And, uh, and basically they stopped them. The, the Christians essentially stopped the Muslims. And otherwise the, the Muslims may have completely taken over Europe. You know, this was a, a, a moment where history changed. And I think that, look at, I, I think about World War I as being one of those moments. Look at World War I. Look at how, you know, the, the old saying is we slept walked into, we sleepwalked into World War I. Because moments before, like right before World War I started, right before Francis Ferdinand was, was uh, Franz Ferdinand, Francis Ferdinand was killed, and his wife was killed in Sarajevo, and I think it was November 28, 1914. Uh, moments, you know, right before he was killed, Europe was at peace. But then 37 days later, Europe was at war. World War I started with a huge impact on, on human history. 
I mean, he, the, the, the Ottoman Empire was, was destroyed. Uh, the, the, the Soviet Union was born. Basically, the, the, Roman, uh, the, uh, the Russian Revolution in, in, in um, the Soviet Union happened after that, and, or because of that, basically. And, and you know, it, it's all of this stuff was, all uh, the, the Middle East, huge upheaval in the Middle East, the breaking up of the Middle East, the, you had Lawrence of Arabia and the Sykes-Picot Agreement. And so World War One, and, and you look at America. America was basically a small, well, it was a big country, but it was a, had a small government, a small military, basically left itself, left everybody else alone. But World War One was when we decided that's it. Now we're a, we're a superpower. You know, this is, it changed the world and, and nobody saw it coming. And I think that, uh, this war in Ukraine could blossom, could bloom into something huge and world changing that nobody foresaw. Nobody, nobody looked ahead. Nobody is looking ahead. I mean, I'm looking ahead and some people are looking ahead, but far too few people are looking ahead to see what, what, how, how is this going to end? What are the potential um, you know, conclusions to, whole, to this whole thing. I mean, are we really going to go to war with Russia? C can we win a war against Russia? Can we even beat Russia? Can the United States and NATO, can we even defeat Russia in a battle, in a war? Now, what happens if, um, if other countries decide to, that they're not going to support us in a war? What if, what if Saudi Arabia and India and China and Turkey, you know, what if these other countries, certainly we've seen, you know, Syria, we, we, there, there are some countries like Syria, Nicaragua and Cuba and Venezuela are, are on Russia's side. But I think a lot of that is just because they're, you know, they, they just want to oppose the, they, they just want to be against America. So I don't think that has, I don't think that, uh, and they're, they're not exactly powerhouses on the world stage, but a country like India, or, or uh, China or Saudi Arabia, you know, these are, or Turkey. Turkey is a very strategically located play, uh, country. You know, I, I think that we're not, we, we are not thinking ahead here. This is, this could be the thing, the, the, the event that changes everything and not for the, not for the better for us anyway, for the, for America, you know, we are during World War, World War II, World War One, and World War II, America was a very wealthy country. We were up and coming. We were growing. We had real things. We had steel and oil and, and, uh, uh, you know, concrete. We had real things. We were growing food and, and now America is, is a, and I've talked about this before about how we're we're increasingly a, you know, a technological country where, where we all sit around and make, uh, you know, I don't know, we, we do computer programming and and we don't do the the real, we don't make the real things any any as much anymore. We don't make the steel and the concrete and the buildings and the and the battleships and the and the. Um, you know, the airplanes and the, we don't make all of this stuff, the stuff that actually works anyway. Look at our, 
are, and I talked about this before about the, the F-35 and the F-22. We've wasted hundreds of billions of dollars on these things and they don't even work. They're not reliable. They cost a fortune. An F-35 costs $36,000 an hour to operate and guzzles gasoline. I mean, th this is, you know, th these are, all of our, so much of our military is is stuff that isn't really designed to, to work on the battlefield. It's designed to make Boeing and Raytheon and Lockheed Martin rich. It's not designed to, to work on the battlefield. You know, I mean, are, are we even going to be able to, to defeat uh, a, an army on the battlefield anymore? You know, uh, and, and, and we're broke. That's the other big thing. We, you know, we were, back in World War II, we were not broke. Now we're broke. We're 31, $32 trillion in debt. You know, we're broke and Europe is broke and, and we're all at each other's throats. We, you know, everybody in America hates themselves and hates each other. And we're, we're all con consumed with, with uh, you know, being gay and being transgender and being racist and being, you know, and, and giving each other free stuff. And half the country doesn't even pay any taxes. And, you know, uh, we're, we are, and in Europe, they're, they're, they've, they've been importing millions of, or at least hundreds of thousands, well, millions, in, if you look all of Europe, of, uh, of, of North African and Middle Eastern um, immigrants because they're, they're hoping that they can maybe, you know, pay the taxes and, and support all of their retirees. But they, they don't even, their, their economies are so stagnant that those people can't even find jobs and they don't speak English. and and they just get on welfare and they just make the whole problem worse. And, and you know, America and Europe, we're both totally unsustainable. We're basically, a, we're, we're welfare states where half the people don't even work. Half the people are, are working, are, are living off of the other half of the people, whether there be government employees or welfare recipients or, you know, I mean, we are not in a strong position to fight a war, to fight World War III against Russia. And... And I think that that's, maybe that's part of the problem. Maybe that's part of the, the reason why our elites are pushing us towards this war is because they know they don't have a plan for how we get out of this crisis. You know, how are we going to get out of this crisis where, where people don't, where we just don't have enough money to support all the people that, we've, that are going to be retired? You know, look at all the government employees that are retiring. Look at California. They've got a one and a half trillion dollar unfunded liabilities problem where, you know, in, in, a, in a few years, you know, every year in California, government employees retire and retire and retire on benefits. So more and more and more, the, the, the tax revenue that the California government brings in just goes to pay the retired government employees. And, and then it pays the current government employees and, and then it hardly has any, or, or it goes to pay all the, the, the welfare recipients and it, they don't have money left for, for like police and fire departments and roads and, you know, they don't have the money, they don't, and this is true of, of Europe, it's true of America as a whole. We are unsustainable and we are, we're essentially, we're in decline and, and maybe that's, so, so this is, these are the things I worry about. You know, do these people at the top, does Joe Biden, I, I mean, I don't think Joe Biden has really much of a, many thoughts in his brain, but I think the, the people in charge in Washington, I think they know exactly what they're doing. 
they they're, they're either they either know exactly what they're doing and they're they're just hoping that this war will on the, the they know that millions and millions of people are going to die in this war, and they just don't care. As long as they have a good job or, or as long as their power uh, remains intact at the end of it, that's all they care about. I think that's, it's either that or you, you have so many of these young people in Washington and in Europe who have never known war. They don't know war. They can't imagine the horror of war. They can't imagine... The, they, they've never experienced real suffering and deprivation and the power going out, or being hungry, or getting you know their legs blown off, or getting you know their cities uh, destroyed and into rubble. You know this is these people are are so many of these young people in Washington and in in the European capitals. They don't know what they're toying with here. They think this is a game. They think they can talk tough and say yes, we have to fight this war against Russia. But they don't know what that really means, and they're not prepared to really, to, to really suffer the, the reality of war. You want war with Russia, first of all, there's always the nuclear, the, 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 the threat of nuclear uh, Armageddon, essentially, which too many people have no idea, have no idea, they haven't even thought about that. But short of nuclear Armageddon, war can still be unbelievably horrible. And these people have no idea what they're doing. They have no idea what they're talking about and what, they're, what they are toying with. And I, they hold our lives in the balance, in, the, in their hands. You know, our lives, our countries, our civilization is, is, is in their hands. And they are putting it at risk. And it's it, this is really terrifying to me that um, that we are watching this very slowly escalate, and I'm afraid that it's going to slowly escalate, and then one day it's going to just like the snap of a finger, it's going to be it, it. That's it. We're at war, and and then and then what? What happens? What do all these other players do? China, India. Saudi Arabia, Turkey, um, Belarus. Uh, you know, what are all these countries? What are all these other countries going to do? You know, how is how how is Europe going to? How is Europe? The people. How are the people of Europe going to react to this? I mean, we could see upheaval in Europe. We could see a revolution in Europe, in Germany. The German people could just rise up and say, "We don't want this. We didn't vote for this." Uh, you know, you could see that here in America. You could see a revolution. You know, this is this is when you start messing around with these these forces, these historical, you know, history-changing forces. Uh, the 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 birth and death of countries. You know, is is what you might see, and that's going to to make for an extremely volatile period going forward and many of us may not survive it and that's what worries me so all right that's it that is episode 125 um if you like this podcast give me some good ratings and um share it with whoever you want and uh you can find me on social media uh and uh, i'll see you on the next one if we're all still alive all right bye-bye